It actually sounds like a 4th of July, but <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so. Are we on? We are. We're okay. on. Well, first and foremost, Chick-fil-A, uh, please sponsor this podcast for Andrew, please. And uh, Smart Water, we want your sponsorship as well. And so that's my intro. I want to make sure we get some sponsors for Andrew. Well, get some free Chick-fil-A before every podcast and some water to have during it. Why not? It's really thoughtful of you. I really appreciate that. Just trying to help, brother. I mean, this is podcast, uh, technically, this is officially podcast zero, zero because I, we, I think we discussed it a little bit, uh, yeah. what the name would be. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to find out what people want you to call it. The Adam Project, the Adams Family, <laughs> uh, Adam Bolt. Wow. Bolted. Okay, jolted, well, actually. Colted, whatever. Uh, why don't you give your own introduction of who you are and, then who you, and where you come from? Since I have you here now and you're, you seem to want to talk, you seem to be in a better mood after we had Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A makes everybody happy. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is just good for you, man. Uh, I guess my name is Jesse Gamboa. Jesse Gamboa, where are you from? Calexico, California. Born and raised? On a Or just playground. raised? <laughs> On a playground I used to spend most of my days. Wow. That yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. Smith took that from me. Will? My man. Sorry, I'm just texting my fiance back. She's... Fiance? Yeah. Oh, so you're taken. Mr. Jesse Gamboa from Calexico, California. Yeah, I've been taken. You're coming in strong, bro. Yeah, like, we barely started the podcast, and you're just like, yeah, this is my fiance, Chick-fil-A, happy. Nothing wrong with that, brother. Living for God is Sounds fun. like a good life, man. There's nothing better. Well, Jesse Gamboa from Calexico, California. Yeah. Where do you live? Where are you living now? You know, people won't believe this, but I actually live in a sixteen-foot trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a trailer right now. Yeah. Why do you live in the trailer, bro? <laughs> Aren't you a pastor? Yeah. I. You know. Um. I bought the trailer a while ago, and uh, it was an investment, and I ended up uh, running out of money to remodel my <laughs> my facility out on the property. <laughs> wow. So I was like, you know, I got a trailer, man, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep in my trailer and have a good time out there with the Lord, and, and, uh, and then the city was giving me issues with permits, so when I got the money to finish the building, it didn't matter because they were. They basically told me that if I went any further, they were gonna knock the whole thing down. So I had to. They were gonna knock your home down. That's what they said. I don't know. I. I mean, I don't really know if they would have done it. We got a lot of like a lot of guns on the property, and it's not that. I mean, I don't know how to use them or anything, but we do have a lot of guns on the property. If that. I do remember the property because I I used to live there. That's what I'm saying. There's a like we used to be roommates. Yeah, yeah. For those of us that don't know, my. 
Jesse and I, we've been roommates for a we've long had, time. We've had like an off and on relationship. We have a roommate relationship. Yeah, I think we've been in I think we've been in one of two Maybe three or four different places we live together. <laughs> we've, we've had about four breakups, from my recollection. But from what I recall, we always make up. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's no hard feelings. You know, sometimes you, it's kind of like I tell the guys in our church, like when you room with people, um, personalities are just different. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> what is it? Wait, hold on. What, do you, what is that supposed to be? Is that, that mean I'm... I was the problem. No, 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 no. It, 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 I could have been the problem too. It, we, we don't even, it's just one of those things, man. When you live with people, you're just like the, after a while, like little things annoy you. And it's like, it's a trip. <laughs> but it goes both ways though. Cause oh, I, it does. For it, like, it, it does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it goes both ways. Cause I remember, like, when I look back at those, when I look back at those moments, I'm like, bro, I remember just like eating and like leaving dishes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember those days where I was like, or I'd just try to eat out so I didn't use dishes. And, but then I'd bring the food home and just leave it on the counter. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was either way you just get busy and you get swat. And then, you know, people can like, people, people can be like, oh, you know, you're dirty. And it's like, yeah, but you're broke. So, I mean, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm busy. So who, who was your best roommate? Oh. Ooh. You know what? Honestly, it has to be Robert Spang. Robert Spang? Robert Spang, man. That was my best roommate. <laughs> that guy tried to murder you. I know. I know. But, you know, Robert, bro, Robert made, Robert, Robert was fun. You know, like the seances he would do. <laughs> the and, seances? You know, he, uh, yeah, he like, that time you slapped him in the face because he was <laughs> playing with his candle and uttering different incantations while we were asleep. Like, that guy was my favorite roommate, bro, because I was like, man, this guy gave me so many laughs. It was crazy. I, I saved your life, bro. No, yeah, you did. He, yeah, he did the whole, like, turn the gas on and, while I was napping and let, leave it on and stuff. Bro, it was like, yeah, I got, I got home from school and I was like, dude, what is going on here? Yeah, I've noticed that I have like this thing about me where like people are constantly trying to kill me. Like, remember when we had the noose at the property? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Like I, I, I always get like threats or people just like trying to kill me. And you know what? That's though? so weird. No, it's not. This ha this has happened to me since I was a kid. A kid, it, bro. Since I was a kid, people have been trying to kill me. Okay, well, uh, a lot of people don't know. I mean, they. A lot of people that know you now know you as a pastor from Cornerstone North, yeah. from, from Spokane, Washington. But a lot of people don't know the young... This is new to me, too. Oh, this, yeah, This bro. is definitely new to me because I, I didn't know. So who are, who are these people? What were your experiences growing up? Oh, bro, so this one time, I, my first time coming to Spokane was because they were trying to kill me. I kid you not. My uncle will tell you the story. So Are what you serious? I'm dead serious. So what happened was my school, when I was in middle school, uh, a, lot of my, a lot of my acquaintances were involved in, like, smuggling drugs. Wow. And um, I was just an athlete, you know, and so I, I didn't really get involved in any of that nonsense. But I remember the way it went down was this guy, they used to call him Gordo. 
some he's like some heavy set dude or whatever and he he accused me of ratting him and all of the guys slinging drugs in the middle school out why were you why did you did you know someone well i i i hung out with him i hung out with my my other best friend jesus and uh but oh i met jesus yeah you met jesus so my man like my man ratted me out when in my opinion i think he's the one that like snitched on everybody and so, like, he basically, like, put a hit on, like, him and a bunch of guys put, like, a hit on me or whatever. And my mom got, my mom, you know, parents, my mom got worried that they were going to, like, you know, wreck me or whatever. And so she, sh- she shipped me out here to Spokane to stay with my uncle at Fairchild Air Force Base, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I was... <laughs> I was surrounded by military, man. Is that uh, Antonio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stayed with him. And uh, and then I got tired of it. I got tired of, like, this whole, like, I'm going to stay away from my hometown because a bunch of punks are trying to. Uh, so I just told my mom, I was like, just let me go back. And, uh, and here's the reality, what I've learned about people, is if you confront them one-on-one, it's amazing how how the story changes and they start blaming somebody else so you can go hunt them down. I, I felt like the Punisher, bro. I was like going after every one of them, bro. I was like... <laughs> you were from the comic books? Living? Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, the way I just saw it was like, you know what? If somebody wants to beat me up, let's go. And uh, we'll figure it out. And then, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, you know, you grow up around Mexican gangs and you see all the blood in, blood out nonsense, you know, um, knives and guns. That's cool and all, but like... In my opinion, the, the people that were supposedly trying to kill me, I was like, man, I don't think these chumps will do that. I, I figured we'll duke it out. We'll go from there. Well, you ended up here somehow, so. Yeah, that was the first trip. I went back home after that because I was like, yeah, I'm not going out like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was just like, I went home, and uh, then I just I re-enrolled, in this, you know, and it was like, let's go, whatever. We'll figure this out. So you, when you moved over here, you, were, you, were, you weren't saved. I, or I don't no, know. no, 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 no. I was not safe. No, I was only. I was like. Uh, and just, just for you listeners, 15? when I say saved, fifteen. Me and Jesse happen to be one less apostolic, so we're not just saying saved, as in one saved, always saved kind of stuff. Well, I'm actually meaning like, not just in an encounter, but actually acting. Yeah. Well, here's the kicker. I had the Holy Ghost when mm-hmm. I came up here, and uh, it was quenched. It wasn't alive in me. I wasn't living for. I wasn't living right. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I had a, I had a moral conscience that God gave me when I got the Holy Ghost. I wasn't biblically literate, so it's not like I knew what I was talking about. But you know, luckily, luckily, I was pretty sensitive to, to that impulse that God that gave me at times. So that helped, you know. But I, when it comes to like, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't living right so when did you make that decision because when i moved here about 12 years ago yeah you had you're you were you were in it actually yeah you're in it actually you were you were living it so well that other people (laughs) that were weren't living it or supposedly they were living it you were rubbing them the wrong way yeah yeah that wasn't that was that was uh that was an interesting season to come in because i was I got here the second time I came back up here. I came up here at 17 and a half ish. And uh, the only reason I came up here at that time was, well, 
I now that I look back, I believe it was God. But in the moment, I was coming up here to play basketball with like D'Angelo Casto. Oh yeah, and um, so I moved up here because um, a new principal came into my high school, and uh, my GPA was point sixty seven. I have a copy of. of oh that. wow! Yeah, I had a point sixty seven. There was no way I was going to graduate, but I was able to play basketball at a varsity level without grades and stuff, and. Um, Mm, I've yeah. heard that before. That's yeah. still going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah, and so, yeah, they booted me out of the, the school, wow. and uh, I couldn't get into any other school there. And, uh, you know, I ended up up here. Now, on the way up here, though, my grandma got diagnosed with some type of cancer or whatever. And uh, so I had a little prayer meeting. You know how we all, you know, when, when you, something bad happens, they're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, crisis yeah you're a crisis christian so you're like god you know if you do this i'll do this you know i did the whole like uh, what, what did you offer god if you my don't mind life asking oh really yeah you like, went hard like i went you, so you loved your grandma oh man my grandma's my grandma's a jewel of the earth so the you, you know that that uh that angelina jolie uh movie she made uh unbroken or whatever it is about that one guy oh the louis yeah the, that the runner that went yeah, to war yeah yeah that so that you know how that guy does the whole like oh if you got if you save me i'll live right? for you I, I did a similar thing like that for for me it was more along but the you lines weren't in a consecrated like, <laughs> yeah 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 i wasn't yeah up. i wasn't getting beat up but like the phone call was yeah. like hey grandma's cancer serious that was a check right there it was a check i went to prayer it was like god if you heal her um I I'll, I'll I'll live for you. I'll do whatever you ask me to do, man. And uh, and then that's when the door opened to come with my uncle and potentially play over here at Fairchild. So your uncle was the the avenue. Yeah, you know what, my uncle, believe it or not, um, he at one point he had about eighteen to twenty people going to church, and we were all living under the same roof, bro. <laughs> oh, bro, it was it was nuts. We had like. Yeah, bro. It was it was like the weirdest experience ever, bro. Like it was like the epitome of a Mexican family. Like, did he have like, was it just family or was it just like people you didn't know too? No, it was like family, and then like my aunt brought like a lady that I didn't, even, I have never met in my life with a bunch of kids too. So it was like, oh wow, it was like it was a surreal thing, bro. It was like it was the Brady Bunch times three. It was my bad. Goodness. Yeah, no, wow. it it was a trip because then then on top of that you have the, you had everything from little kids to to like uh older adults that were like trying to party and be hard and then you had like some folks oh, going dude. to church you had a little bit you had a blend of everything so, so you had like people a, that kind of wanted like they wanted god but then they also didn't want to give up some some stuff oh, yeah yeah we had that as well and but i mean just imagine two bathrooms 18 people oh, yeah that's just brutal oh man. bro bro it's terrible sundays to get ready for church was a nightmare yeah so all these people you're seeing all these different examples of of kind of where they're at in their relationship with God. How how, how about yours? W when did you uh, kind of hit that avenue? Like I'm just gonna go all the way. Um, right out of the gate. I mean, I prayed through. I mean, my uncle went with me to one church. There was this one church in here in the valley, and you know, I was trying to hit up on the the daughter of the pastor. Mm, of and course. So. Um, you know, she, she was worldly and carnal and just like everybody else oh, in the wow. church. And, um, I, you know, I visited a few times, was getting in good with everybody, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, my, I brought my uncle, my uncle came back from Iraq and I took him with me and my uncle busted up laughing and he's like, bro, this is a joke. What are you doing? 
And uh, I was like, bro, I'm like, I'm trying to live for God. And he's like, stop, bro. You ain't here living for God, bro. <laughs> You're trying like, to get with the best. Yeah, daughter. yeah, yeah. He's like, who, who is she? You know? <laughs> and um, so I was like, all right, bro. Like, I'll try your church next. And then so he looked up and found Pastor Mayo's church. That's Uncle- when I had, like, spiky hair, bro. And I had, we were, like, white shoes and, like. I remember that. Skater jeans. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember that. All the that little stuff. muscle shirts, yeah. <laughs> muscle shirts. I remember yeah. that, bro. I, yeah, I, I was. I like muscle shirts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I remember I got off the plane. My mom was just like, all right, well, church is tonight. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's tonight. I'm like, well, all right. So I got my American Eagle <laughs> little T-shirt. Dude, I remember that, My man. jeans. And she's just like. You're not going to shape? Because I had a goatee because yeah. I was from Apostolic Assemblies. So that's yeah, how we bro. roll. You guess that the Pharaoh's goatees. Bro. Yeah, bro. Oh, I had a, I don't know what the thing's called. It looked like a little Dorito yeah. under your lip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, I'm like, that's probably a bad idea yeah, that <laughs> to was... have that. But she's like, I'm like, man, I got to shave to go to this church? That's kind of, yeah. that's, that's kind of different. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I had the same experience. So yeah. But so you gave it a chance. Yeah, and then I prayed through that. Like I, I prayed through on that uh, mid. It was a midweek service. I prayed through, and uh, I was all about it from that day forward. I was like, all right, I'm like I'm all about it, you know. And you know when you cr- when you grow up playing sports, I mean, you know, you wrestled, you played baseball, whatever. Yeah. When you grow up playing sports, y- you know that you're gonna get out of it what you put into it. Oh yeah, I loved, I yeah. loved, I loved running. I think more than a. More than the actual sport, I like the discipline of just running cross country to lose weight for wrestling. Yeah, yeah. What well, for for me it was like, okay, listen, I know what it is to go and shoot the basketball. Yeah. you know, for three, four, five hours at a time in the heat in Calexico. I know what it is to run across town to go play ball with all the older alumni. Like I, I know, yeah. I know that lifestyle. I'm all about like when I'm all about something, I'm all about yeah. it. So I was like, so you're you're always doing things at such a high level that you're like, why should living for God be any different? That's exactly right. I was like, okay, like if 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 I don't put the energy that I put into all my secular endeavors, right, at, at to what I do, you know, in, to God, I'm 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 gonna end up just. And I don't say this like in a bad way because I don't want to make anyone feel bad. But I'm like, I, I I just can't live a life of mediocrity. Like I just, it's not in me to do that. Like I'm like, listen, I'm either all about it or I'm not about it. I'm either all in or I'm not. You know, if I'm gonna go to hell, I'm gonna be driving the best car. You know, be a CEO doing crazy things and right. And I'm if I'm gonna burn in hell forever, I'm gonna look back and be like, well, you know, it sucks, really? but man, it was a fun life. Like, no, I get it, dude. Yeah. So now every day. You wake up, you walk out of your trailer, and you're just like, I it's did grind it. Mode, bro. <laughs> I did it. I did it, bro. I arrived. Grind by mode. the by the way, he's got a massive shop. He just lives in the trailer because it's not finished. Yet, it bro. yeah, no, the and you know what? I don't even care, bro. Like No, you like that's that's what's surprising. And you know what? I told uh I actually told uh some people, uh, I'm like, dude, what's different about Jesse is that dude, he has a lot of things. But he would rather like help someone else out and live in a trailer than like just have like nice things. He can have nice things if he wants, but he just prefers. I think you adopted a lot of those traits from your grandpa. Just like kind of yeah. like you're like frugal in ways, but yeah, you're also like wise and like because it's in your heart. Like you know, I'm gonna help someone out and like that's fine. I've, 
It doesn't bother you to live that like that. Well, I mean, it's kind of like my buddy, Brother Buxton, says, you know, any fool can have a car payment. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I drive a nice little 04 Ford Focus with, you know, Huffcat missing or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's not the it's not the most beautiful vehicle. Right. You know, whatever. Yeah. But you're able you're able to go to the Chick-fil-A whenever you want to pay cash. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I use my airline miles, brother. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm all about them airline miles. Oh, so, I see, I see. but no, I mean, for me, the point is, is like my grandpa, my grandpa always, my grandpa retired at 55, you know, and back then mm-hmm. that's a big deal. That's retired, like 10 years. Yeah. Before retirement. Yeah. So he retired at 55 and he's probably received a pension now for like 30 something years. Oof. So my grandpa has outlived, like he probably paid $10,000 in like taxes and he's probably have, he's probably pulled the bike. Three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars in pension. Like my man's been living it up. He got yeah. He has the same car in his yard. He has that. He has that the old Sentra, right? Sentra, that Sentra with the black had, bumper, white. Bro. I remember that car. We had the same one, and that yeah. car caught on fire, bro. Yeah, bro. That's that Sentra. Think about this. That Sentra is probably thirty, forty years old, and that Sentra probably has fifty thousand miles on oh, it. Oh, dude, that's beautiful. Yeah, he walked everywhere when we were there. Yeah, he walks everywhere. He doesn't buy shoes. He, I mean, he had he he's still using my shoes from eighth grade, and uh, so that's where I get it from. Like right now, if you looked at my shoes, my shoes, like I didn't even buy my own shoes. Like my mom saw me wearing ripped shoes, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go buy him shoes because I know he won't buy his own shoes." Wow. And so she's just, and then like my church shoes. Like yeah, Saints, I was. Saints that was the other day. You had like a like a new shirt on or whatever or something on. I'm just like, yep. People Who got just, you those? Because yeah. I've known you long enough. Yeah. I'm like, he didn't buy them. Yeah, no, He's like, oh, my no. mom. Because, oh, there was those new Pumas shoes yep. he had. My mo- yeah, yeah. yeah those, I knew it. I was just yeah. like, ah, I knew he wouldn't have bought those yeah, for himself. Yeah, no, no. That's just not my style. Like, but, I, you know, whatever. If somebody, if somebody likes to do that stuff, that's their, that's their hobby, whatever. Yeah. Here's my thing. I spend a lot of money, a lot of money on travel. Yeah. That's, well, my, that's my thing. Because travel for me has been like, being able to visit my family, right? Uh, being able to visit my fiance, yeah. Being able to just have new experiences. Like I, 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 I realize that for some people, like they would rather have a, a nice purse. Um, I'd rather have a nice experience, right? You know. So, you have the success now for you're able to do those things, and you're you're growing a church. Uh, how many people you have in your church now? This is what your fifth, fifth year, fifth year, fifth year. Well, I mean, do you want me to do like the evangelistical math or do you want me to do like the real talk math? Because, you know, the evangelistical map. I'm talking about math. disciples, brother. Oh, disciples. F- call you pastor. And you know just... what? I would say I would say 50. I would say 50 would be our disciple core that right. I, feel, I, I feel like, hey, I'm going to give an account for them on the day of judgment, you know. And uh, so I, yeah, I'd say 50. I mean, we can all we can all do the whole Easter Sunday. <laughs> math and and yeah. be like oh i'm pastoring 150 you ain't pastoring 150 bro you you don't know like 100 bro you're pastoring yeah. 150 with 150 150 yeah. novering plate yeah, bro right. yeah that's exactly right and so, the same dude probably gave the whole 150 yeah yeah so no no yeah so i'd say 50 disciples are that and and i gauge that on our midweek service that's kind of you know when our disciples show up that's kind of where we're at on our midweek yeah. service sundays are great you know you you get that overflow um I think if you you get everybody we've baptized that considers us their church and their pastors, we can also fluff the numbers. But 
what's the point of doing that? It's just more responsibility. I'd rather say, yeah, yeah. I pastor 50. I actually, I work with those 50. And you know what's beautiful when I come here? It's been like, I come here sometimes, visit, see what's going on, because I have a couple of friends here. Yeah. Dude, what's beautiful to me is that actually, uh, no, my mic tried to assassinate me, um, is when I come here and I see the same people, and they're still here. Yeah. They still love God. They're still hungry uh, for truth. Like, I think a lot, of, a lot of your success has been in your teaching and discipleship rather than just preaching, just preaching, you know, like sermons like, like oh, yeah, like people could just shred. Yeah. And then, but, but then the, the retention is just not there. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, I, I got a lot of advice from church planners before I launched, and a lot of them, a lot of them shared with me that they're... Who's, who's some of your biggest influences? Um, Brother Prado, uh, Brother Buxton, Brother Williams, obviously my pastor. Brother Urshan gave me some good advice mm-hmm. on planning a church. Um, I think those were like the, like the, the, the handful of first guys that I really uh, chatted with and kind of got, I took what they said and took it to heart and was like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, teaching has been like the number one priority for our church has been, I mean, just think about this. Um, I don't know of another apostolic church in America right now that doesn't have any music yeah that's true because we we definitely have music oh you guys have great music yeah um but yeah i came in here uh sunday just popped in after because i wanted to visit buxton yeah oh actually originally buxton was supposed to be with us pastor about what about stopping by no because i didn't come to hear the sermon (laughs) (laughs) I, I already ate, if that makes sense. Okay, all right. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, originally it's I, on just, record, I just came to say. Everybody find, it's on record. My hands are clean from this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you ain't, fe- you ain't feeling nobody's shit. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> no. No, I just popped in because I wanted to see, uh, yeah. say goodbye to Buxton before he leaves. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it, it was, he was supposed to be, uh, he had a, an early flight out, I think. Yeah, he did. He did have an early um, out the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So those are your influence and everything. And so what are you what are you doing now in your fifth year? You have no music. Yeah. Well, and listen, and the let worship, me clarify. They still worship. Let me clarify that. I don't have musicians right now. I have two awesome young ladies, Sister Paige, Sister Amy. Mm-hmm. They pray. They love God. We'll we'll throw some tracks on and we'll just they'll just lead us in worship and the church will just worship what the church becomes the choir. Yeah. And we just worship together. If you can read the lyrics, sing with us and let's have church. Like, so it's like, hey, let's, let's worship. Let's love God. And the cool thing is, is that it's all first generation people. So really, it's like it has to come from the heart. It's not rehearsed. It's not choreographed. It's not cheerleaded. It's like, yeah. hey, bro, are you here to worship or what? Like, bring your worship to church. I think the only person that is not first generation, I think I know maybe like, like two in your whole church, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Amy. Everyone else is new. Yeah, yeah. And That's so, kind of beautiful. Oh no, it's great. Well, I mean, you get to, in in one way, you get to avoid having to re to undo some of the stuff people were taught and then reteach them. You know, so sometimes right. you know it, it's like a blank canvas. You mm-hmm. really get to let God make a masterpiece out of them. 
you know, I, I, I know as humans, we invented erasers, you know, for, <laughs> yeah, for and, a reason. And, and yeah, and sometimes when you, when you're trying to pastor people that have been pastored for a while, you know, if, wow. if there's some errors that were taught to them, they hold on to them dearly because typically, you know, they were pastored by good people, you know, good personalities or whatever. So they have yeah. like a, a, a huge respect and so bias towards what, them. So uh, what project are you, are you, or projects are you guys working on here at Cornerstone North? Well, right now, I think the two big things that we've been doing is, number one, we've been developing um, entrepreneurs. I think that's for us, has been the next stage. Oh, wow. Uh, as well as the cafe that we're sitting in today. Oh, yeah. Says. So the cafe is a big one. You know, we're, we're looking forward to it. Um, we're looking forward to just utilizing the, the, the different baristas. Yeah. Thanks we for have. letting me be here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. Yeah. And uh, so we got the cafe, but the, the entrepreneurs is interesting because, you know, we're, I think we're, man, I, I lost count. I think it was like 10 or 12 entrepreneurs in our church. Mm. And, uh, you know, when you do the math, like, 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 let's just say that, let's say we hold to the 50 disciples. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just say it's 10, you know. Right. That's 20% of our church is self-employed, um, which is a huge deal because. It's a huge deal. That gives us uh, flexibility for their schedules. Um, most of them are thriving financially. They're, they're doing extremely well financially. Um, and so God, God is really, you know, blessing them and their businesses. And then they're, wow. they're also, they're a source of inspiration for other saints so they, they can look at them and be like, well, bro, you know, sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. Well, yeah, especially you know. being first generation. A lot of times when first generation, not not being judgmental or or kind of painting a picture of of certain people but a lot of first generation people are rough come from like a rough oh, background pro man. we got we got like they need god yeah. and like yeah. they're like man well i'm here what are you yeah. gonna do yeah they need god and and some smart water bro <laughs> some smart and that's water. a good thing because i'm first gen so i well tech i guess technically i'm not first gen uh I guess I am first generation. Well, but I I'm think not. we all should be first generation. We, yeah, yeah. Way. But I guess what I'm saying is that, like, on my dad's side, right? Mm-hmm. I'm five. I think four or five generations Gamboa. Yeah, because uh, I I met your cousin out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was just like, man, who's this dude? He's yeah. annoying. Yeah. He, he he used to wear like some loafers and like wears yeah. church clothes to church. Yeah, yeah. And so I, and then he needs trying to get a, with a girl from my church. I'm yeah. like, bro, you you holding that Bible and trying to hold her hand at the same I'm time. I'm just bro. saying, like, uh, so on my on my on my. On my dad's side, I'm like fourth or fifth generation right. apostolic. On my mom's side, first generation, um, because my grandpa was Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. My grandma's Catholic. Oh, your mom got baptized. We got my mom in, and we got my mom in, and, and God's working on her. So we're excited about that. She's she's beautiful. She treats me amazing. When yeah. I'm there. Well, she's a anytime gem. she sees me. She's yeah, yeah. A she's, wonderful a, she's, lady. A, she's a wonderful. She's a gem. I love her to death. And so that's the. So I'm like a. I have a heritage, if you want to call it that, but I really, I, you know, I wasn't raised around it, so I don't, I don't know all the norms and stuff. You know, when I came, but that's in, a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I was offending people. You know, right. when I, I remember one conference, um, some little, uh, and I don't say this in a disrespectful manner. I'm just saying, like, this is me as a new convert. Like, some, right. a PK walked up a to me. Rough. Yeah, the PK walked up to me, and he he did this whole like snapping his fingers to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I looked at him, and I was like, "Bro, are you gay?" And and then I remember that got told to his dad, and then that got got back oh, to no, my pastor, bro. and I got in trouble for that. And it was, 
And I was just like, was well, that the first time you got called in pastor's office? You know what? I don't even know how many times <laughs> I was in there, man. I was always in there for something. I was, and here's the thing. Some of them were true, but I wasn't sorry about them. Yeah. Like, I was just like, bro. Truth hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was that, but the other thing that for me. <laughs> but it was your approach and yeah, spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my spirit was like, my spirit was like, listen, bro, if, if you're going to be that flimsy, bro, life is tough. Get a helmet. Like, yeah. like come on, bro. Like, you're, you're going to start complaining about some new convert that's calling you out. Come on, bro. Like, relax. It's not the end of the wow. world. You'll be fine. Like, wow. Yeah, forgive me. You good? No. Okay. So you come a long ways then because you had to like you had to sort out a bunch of stuff to be able to lead other people. Yes, and it helps me know and be patient with the people that God entrusts me with because I know the challenge of all the trauma that people can have from their past right. and uh you know, you, what people, some of the things that people don't know, and my pastor knows this, this is why he was a very successful, he is a very successful pastor, is he was able to take all my traumatic past and he was able to pastor and help me navigate through that and to develop. And so he was, he was able to not, not pull the trigger. Because you better believe there was people telling him, like, you need to get rid of this guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I know what I'm Because when I showed up, I was just like... What was your first impression of meeting me? Because I'm just like, oh I, man, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think I cussed you out. You said I no, no, might have. No, I I remember I was kind of rough. You were rough, but I remember that I was like, I think I was like three or four years in now, and you know, you were like, you were like apostolic guys. I'm like new. Well, you weren't new. You were you were new to holiness, <laughs> like. <laughs> like but you weren't new. Like, you knew doctrine oh, yeah, I and know. all that. Yeah, that. I know you, all you, you, knew, you knew all about that. And, uh, but I remember, like, seeing you in your little American Eagle shirts. <laughs> and I'm just like, my dude is like, my, my man is, like, straight up over here. And then what was even funnier was that, you know, and I don't care what any of these girls say because they're lying. Like, they, they all flock to the new guy. And oh, and I know that I, I remember that because I was just like, I'd been in church long enough to be able to be like, okay, these girls are just looking for another, a new toy, bro. So I could have been married by now, bro. But, but I mean, yeah, I guess you kind of saved me from a lot of no, you know what, <laughs> future stress. Um, like I said, you showed up, my man was looking all. Looking all that's when gaudy. I was fit, man. You were fit. You had that. You had the fancy watch, the cool shoes. You had the big old, big old Dragon Ball Z, Dragon hair. Ball Z hair, and <laughs> and I'm like, these girls are just like, you know, and uh, so you got a, you had a taste of like a lot of a lot of different types of people, pastor being patient, all these things. So you're just like three, four years in. You're like ah, so you're being easy on me then. No, you know when I met you. I realized I was like, my man has been in an environment. Oh, toxic environment. Very toxic. Bro. And it has, it encouraged that behavior. Yeah. And I, I didn't hide it either. No, you didn't. Cause I remember you were telling me how you would like get drunk and then like play piano the next service. And like the pastor was cool with it, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's cool with it, but, but he said, as long as smiled. I'm able to sit up straight. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah. So yeah, and I had to start, dude. It was rough because I had to start because my the piano player before me was getting smashed. 
So I was just like, man, I'm like, and I'm just like, I got to learn how to play the piano. I got to do all this. And I'm like, I went over his house and I'm like, you need to show me a couple chords, bro, because I know you ain't coming back. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. That's the other thing is I think in, I think in about 10 years of knowing you, I've seen you practice like twice. Well, yeah, but. I remember that because I was like, dude, this guy doesn't even practice at all. (laughs) I was like, this is absurd. Well, God, I think God put that in me, I think. No, I know. I'm pretty sure he did. But I I still thought it was like, I was like, I was like, this is the one talent guy right here. bro. (laughs) I was like, this is the dude that's like. He's just sitting on his talent, bro. He's like, st- what do you mean sitting? He's not on the even talent, like reproducing bro. it, bro. I was like, this guy's gonna get in trouble with God one day. Like, <laughs> Dude, hey, I've been, hey, I have you know that I've trained a couple of people. I know I, you've I've, done a great job with I've our sound team. It. You have, you know, you really have, and that's why I'm saying, like, at that juncture, I was like, dude, my guy, my guy's talented, and he just sits on it, and I'm like, okay, whatever, oh, that's man. his life. That's you know, I'm not a hater. I was like, hey, you know what, you know, it, it's his. Because the other thing I learned real fast, too, was nobody knows your past. No. So nobody knows, like, the stuff, like, the, the trauma that, that nobody knows about. That, you know, no. there's, st- there's stuff. There's, that- some, there's some things that people don't know, but some of the people, because, the, because of uh, people from your church, because of their past. Yeah. I was very comfortable t- uh, telling, uh, telling them because of. A lot of church people weren't in situations that I was. That's in. what I'm saying. Like, like you know, you still sleeping with your Lion King stuff? And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. the, no. But so that's that's where I learned. If you don't know all the details, yeah, chill. Yeah, and I'm the same way too because I had a, chill. That I had, I can read people like super fast and i'm si- like hyper vigilant yeah but i've learned i'm like dude i don't want people to treat me like like yeah that. yeah well that's one of the things that's one of the things about pastoring that makes it interesting is is that god is like hey i will I, can i trust you with this personality can i trust you with that personality can i trust you with this yeah. past can i trust you with that past and as you're pastoring god is god is literally like he's like if i can't trust you with this type of person there's a thousand of them out there. So if you don't like it, if, if you can't get over yourself enough to like minister to this, then you're just not going to win these type of people. And so you have to like learn to be like, bro, like I, I need to see them through the lens of God and, and I need to be patient because at some point, which, you know, it, I'm, I'm here because the grace of God and my pastor who was sensitive to the Holy ghost. So I'm here because somebody that, could have given up on me didn't give up on me you know what i'm saying someone that could have been like you know what you're too problematic um bye <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really easy to do that's what the world will do to you yeah 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 and so he was patient enough to 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 let me stick around and and rough it out and i guarantee like and i'm not saying this to like be funny but i i i do think that i probably cost him some pretty good families along the way like like, you know, I'm pretty sure that there's there, there's been people that were like either he goes or I go or whatever. And yeah, and he he decided, but I know he's yeah. super proud of you now. I mean, it, it paid the patience paid off. 
Yeah, and you know, and this is that's what that's part of his legacy. Part of his legacy is that he was able to deal with somebody that probably not a lot of people could have dealt with. That's part of his legacy. Is yeah. that that he's a very loving person. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a pioneer, and yeah. so he's the first person that I would call pastor because he'd call me, he'd call you to get a hold of me. Yeah, and I'm just like, I realized one day, like I just start bawling. I'm like, this he actually loves me. And yeah, this is like. It was a traumatic experience realizing, it is. like, it is a pastor that's not even my blood and my family yeah. really loves me that much. Yes, well, that's 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 Pastor wow. Rick Mail for you. That's, that's that's he's that's beautiful. We're gonna have to probably do a a part two, but before we go, you wanna I know that you wanted to work on some new stuff. Uh, oh yeah, together. So uh, if you wanted to let the people know, before yeah. We go. So um, we are getting ready to do. Um, Cornerstone North. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to call it Cornerstone North Epistles or just call it the Epistle Project. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, more than anything, what it is is kind of like Second Corinthians three two talks about that were the the epistles read and seen of all men. And so, I want to use technology mm-hmm. to you know when churches get big, you lose touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to not do that. Number one. Number two. I think that there's a lot of people that walk into our churches, right? And they see, say, say they see Brother Tanner, right, leading as a, the head usher, okay? And let's just say Brother Tanner and him have, like, off schedules. They can't get together. But having a video, an epistle from Tanner's, you know, life, his childhood, upbringing, his past religion, how his conversion, his God moment, all of that story, right? And whatever details Brother Tanner wants to share, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're able to kind of look across the aisle and be like, I know Brother Tanner. Like, I, I don't know everything about Brother Tanner, right. but I know a little bit about Brother Tanner, Brother Tanner's X, Y, Z. And it's an epistle. It's, it's something that I, I want to have for our church members so that as newcomers come in, they're able to get to know our... Now, obviously, the number one priority is for all of us to get to know each other face-to-face in person over right. coffee or food or whatever at church. Right. However, sometimes life... Yeah, life. So yeah. you want them to be able to have access to that with like Yeah. Maybe they're having a long night. They're like, you know what? I'm gonna hop on their, yeah. their YouTube and and, and you know and Tanner, watch the Tanner happened to see say hello to me the other day. Now I wanna I I heard that he had one on there. Yeah, it, and and really what it'll be is it's it's like a crash course to the family. Right. Because right. like a lot of a lot of the first ones we'll do will be our our leaders. Mm-hmm. And so our leaders will get to know details about each other. And then people coming in will be able to get a quick glimpse of our leaders, who they are, where they come from, their experiences. And I, I think what it's going to do is I, I think is going to bring a new a new level of intimacy to right. our church as well as to people coming into our I mean, right now the highest compliment that we I feel like we get as a church is, is that we have a super duper um family loving environment. And uh and that's to me a huge deal because um you know, that's easy you know, it in stages you, you can have that at ten, twenty, twenty five, fifty. But you got to keep it at a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred, five hundred, a thousand. You you gotta you gotta figure out. You gotta have some innovation to try to keep that family touch. Like you don't want to lose touch with people because then they feel like they're just another tithe pair, another social security number. They're just whatever. 
but at least this this going to help. So that I, I I don't know what we're going to call it, but that's that's what's coming up. Yeah. Whether that's the new project we're going to do, and we'll do it here at the cafe. We'll have Sister yeah. Paige or Brother Victor fire up the machine, get oh, some coffee, yes. get some Tom Sawyer. Yeah, coffee. we'll get some coffee, and we'll just. In fact, we'll have Tom Sawyer sponsor right. us. Well, thank you, Pastor Jesse Gamble, hey. for letting me be here. Hey. And thank you thank for talking you. with me today. Hey, and thank you. Hope I'm everybody excited. enjoys it. I'm excited for what God's doing here for you. Yeah, and uh, God's good, man. Hopefully we'll do a part two. Yes, sir. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, brother. It actually sounds like the 4th of July, but <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. Nice.